1: Well, Welcome to Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner, I'm joined by James Sharp, my colleague here. We're going to be discussing all things Leicester City uh, on the back of Saturday's home defeat to Chelsea. First of all, usual, we start with a a little message from our sponsors, beer52.com. If you want a free, crate of eight beers from around the world go onto their website, dot 52com and use the tag word Leicester to register for it. So enjoy. Uh, now, James, got a lot to pick through after the uh, defeat to Chelsea. Um, looking at your five things in the Mercury mm. today, which is still available to buy in all good news agents around the city, uh, frustration seemed to be the key word there. What did you mean by that?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just because they didn't play too badly and it was just a case of Already this season we've seen them lose at Arsenal having been in the lead with 10 minutes to go and they could have picked up some points there against Man United, battled hard for 70 minutes and then one lapse of concentration at a corner undoes all that hard work. And then at Chelsea, Leicester break forward in their best chance of the game. Somani has a shot saved with a three-on-one counter-attack. And then a minute later, Chelsea go down the other end and score... And then Kante has a shot from 25 yards out that skims the top of the grass and somehow sneaks into the corner. And in a game where Leicester didn't really play too badly, they've come away with nothing again and from the first four games they've only got three points to show for it and they're sat just above the relegation zone. So they didn't do too badly, but once again nothing to show for it.
1: Well I think when the fixtures came out we knew it was going to be a difficult start to the Mm. season for them. but. Just how difficult it has proven. I think City have been in all the games. I said mm. the Man United, obviously they were hanging on for a long period, and had to defend resolutely, but you know they were in the games and they they threatened on the counter attack in the second half through Mares. But it's that fine margins. And Shakespeare said it himself after the game: it's those fine margins that they're letting themselves down at the moment because, as you say, three on one. A minute later, Morata scores an excellent goal, great ball. That I mean, but people might have picked out Wes Morgan for criticism there, but I I think you just have to applaud the Ascarlata ball because uh, it was absolutely on the money wasn't yeah, about it there was it was a hint nervous. and that's again another a big example decision. of those fine margins but you've got to take your chances I yeah. um, mean breaking with Slomani instead of feeding Vardy he chose to wait for the Slomani overlap and that, that allowed the keeper to come out and uh, close the, the, the angle and uh, you know you get punished for those at this level especially against sides like like Chelsea,
0: it's what Leicester uh, were doing to other teams that year, they won the title. That's what Leicester would do to the teams. They get Leicester would get one chance and they would score it. Exactly, and uh, it's not happening for them at the moment. But they uh, they did have
1: a chance at the end with Vardy, didn't they? With the uh, Andy King cross. Um, but obviously, you know, we're looking at four games now and yeah. one victory, three defeats. Would you change anything? We're looking at the midfield options, and we understand Vicente Abora He's going to make his comeback from injury tonight in the under 23s against West Ham at the King Power Stadium. Seven o'clock kick-off If you're interested in going down and watching that, along with Robert Hoof. Now, would you would you start making changes because Shakespeare's been pretty consistent
0: with his starting eleven? Um, but I think it's going to be a case of waiting to see, have more options at hand before thinking about it. Like you say, Abora's coming back because. Shinji would probably have started against Chelsea but Yeah Shinji's brother yeah, turned up. As Claudio, Claudio always used to say it was Shinji's brother that turned up after travelling seventeen thousand miles on international duty. So he was he was missing. Um Abora of course missing through injury. Adrian Silva sat in the stands watching the game. It's another point of frustration. Um him as well. There are three kind of key options that and Ian actually on the way back as well from uh, from his injury. These are all options that Shakespeare would like to, to have at his disposal, but um, but hasn't had and against Chelsea. I think once they're all back fit, once Abora is fully back fit, if or when they can get Adrian Silva registered, and once Iheanacho is fully, fully flying, then I think that's the point when Shakespeare will start to look at what things he can do, potentially firming up the midfield a little bit. Because at half-time he brought Andy King on, because Chelsea were dominating in midfield and he wanted an extra body in there he brought King on who I didn't think did too badly to be fair but if he's got Silver, if he's got Abora they're all different options to have in the centre of the park because looking at it you look at Indeed and you look at James both of those you would say are kind of kind of the ball winning midfielders aren't they they're more, more defensively minded they, you aren't, they aren't the creative players the drink the drink water would be where Leicester can find that creativity is something that Shakespeare needs to look at
1: well, yeah, I mean, you highlighted uh, N'Didi's performance, didn't you, in, yeah. the, in the Mercury today? And uh, you know, he, he, at times he's a youngster, so you've exactly. got to give him a bit of time. But um, you know, they had the three centre midfield players uh, at the start of the second half, and then Kante was given all that time and space yeah. to pick out the bottom corner five minutes in, and the game plans out the window. And, and obviously, looking at it back over the weekend, several times N'Didi very slow to get over and close that space. So, what did you make overall of his
0: performance? Yeah, I mean, as I said in the paper today. It, at some point in, in the future we're going to have to stop comparing him to Angelo Kante But when you, you're playing against Kante and you're the bloke Leicester bought to try and replace him You're always going to get a bit of comparison there As we say, he's very young, he's still only 20 years old And he's adapted far quicker to the Premier League than any of us or anyone at Leicester would have hoped he would have done So there's a positive And he won more tackles than anyone else on the pitch But As I said today in the paper, what what Kante was very good at is not only winning the ball back But he would then find a Leicester shirt and that would start the counter-attacks what indeed he's struggled with so far is that he wins the ball back, but his next pass doesn't always find a Leicester shirt. His pass completion rate is down at about 65%. Kanté's was up at about 82%. So winning the ball back is the first part of it. But then unless you can start the counter-attack... If you if you give the ball away again, that's when you, you find yourself pegged back a bit more. So he's got bags and bags and bags of potential, and he will be a brilliant player for Leicester City. But that's one area where he does need to work on a little bit. Those pass completion stats sometimes can be a bit misleading mm. because you know you can
1: make ten out of ten yeah. passes back to your centre half. Uh, it's going forward that I think Leicester City need that little bit more creativity. Yeah. Somebody who can spot that pass. I mean, I think James has got that uh, mm. ability. He can pick out Vardy's runs. Uh, N'Didi still got to develop that. In his game, but we're hoping Adrian Silva is going to be the answer. Yeah, you'd hope
0: so. And obviously, the the, the Drinkwater Vardy partnership was the one that was always renowned. Like as soon as Drinkwater got the ball, he'd look up, we'd know where Vardy was going to be, and he'd put the ball into Vardy's path because both of them had that that link where yeah. they both knew where each other was going to be. So Leicester need to find a way of having that that creativity, that combination back, and you'd hope you'd hope it would be with. With the borer or with Silver as or when he gets registered.
1: So, what did you make of Shakespeare's changes at half time? Because the fans will be looking at, uh, at Shakespeare and assessing his substitutions and how effective they are. Um, there wasn't much between the two sides at half time, obviously, though, those two key moments mm. that meant it was Chelsea going in with their uh, noses in front. Uh, but Shakespeare made two changes, but I was surprised he made two changes at half time. Um, Gray and King coming on. Um, what did you make of
0: that? Yeah, it was a bit. It it was a bit dramatic. Bit early on. They were only they were only a goal down, and and that had come from like you said a, a quality ball. Up until then, they'd been very much toe to toe with Chelsea. Chelsea dominated the ball, but they Leicester had stuck with them. So yeah, it was a bit of a. It was interesting that he, he made the changes. We spoke to him afterwards, and he explained why he so said he wanted King to be an ex man in midfield to press their midfield. And he wanted Gray and Maris to be there to be able to get use their skills in behind their defence. That all makes sense, I think. Um, but it was quite a it, it was a bold move to make, and it's not the first time that Shakespeare's been kind of questioned about his subs. But a few times this season, he's made subs and then they conceded straight afterwards, not necessarily due to those substitutions, whether it be drifting off at set pieces or just not closing down counter on the edge of the box. And then once that goal goes in, you can see the goal after making the subs. That the plans out. Yeah, of course, the game's is, yeah. plan is then out. So I think I think it'd be unfair to judge him harshly on that. I think, um, but like I said before in the report, his options are slim in terms of the decision he wanted to make. bringing King on, if you had Bora or Silver in there, it might have been someone else come in. Or if Okazaki was there, he might not be able to make that change. So I think once everyone is back fit. Then Shakespeare will have more of an idea of where he wants, where how he wants this team to work.
1: Well, you're right to point out there that um, you know he, the manager sends up the lads over that white line, and it's up to them to carry yeah. out the game plan. And then, I mean, it was a terrible goal to concede, contained yeah. every level. Yes, there was no press pressure on the ball, but then it's gone through Maguire. Yeah, there, grass there, through. trickled into the bottom corner. and <laughs> Caspers uh, yeah. face down on the turf, can't get anywhere. He didn't celebrate. No, he didn't celebrate, which is great too. And I was going to ask you about. The reaction from the, the fans uh, to the return of Drink Water and Kante. We expected a few boos, didn't we? We expected a few boos, mm-hmm. and there was, but I thought there was generally more applause for Drink Water and, and Kante. And from what I understand as well, uh, that band of brothers sort of link between them still hasn't gone because Drinky and Kante were both in the home dressing room after the game, tucking into the food that they have in there mm-hmm. as well, so you know, and having a good chat with their former teammates. So... You know, they've moved on now, um, but what did you make of that reaction?
0: Yeah, it, it wasn't surprising. Um, it was there were more boos for Drinkwater than there were for Kante when he came back last season. I think a lot of that was due to the way it all panned out and the way that it was a late transfer request put in, and uh, I think the, just the way it, 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 it went on is wh- why he got that reaction. It doesn't help when you're losing the game as well, and he's warming up on the side of the pitch. Uh, but we saw images in the tunnel before the kick-off, uh, drink water, high-fiving all his old teammates, and he was getting a few little jabs in the ribs and stuff. And I heard that when he first turned up, one of the stewards said, "Oh, it's the second door on the left, drinking, mm-hmm. pointing, pointing him to the away dressing room." So there's a, a bit of, kind of ribbing going on, uh, and quite an amount, and quite a fair amount of booze, and he got when he warmed up. But like you say, there were. Plenty of applause there for him as well for people who wanted to recognise how big and influential a player he has been for Leicester in both the Championship and the Premier League and he got that. He didn't get on the pitch though, which is something I think you might have to get used to looking at their midfield options.
1: Yeah, I mean... They, both of them have moved on now. Drink water and Cantle. We were integral with that incredible Premier League title success. But um, I picked out Jamie Vardy as being the absolute key for yeah. City. He is their identity, how he plays, and once again he got them back into the game. But I wanted to ask you about um, Rian Mahrez's performance because we were all waiting to see. Now the window's shut. We, you know, it's no secret that he wants to leave the club. He wants his move to a big top six side. It didn't happen. He was left to look a little bit silly mm. in the window, as some of his representatives advice. Um, but uh, we all wanted to see what sort of response we would get from Mares. and in terms of the effort, I didn't think there was too much wrong, but
0: in terms of the performance, it, it wasn't well, a very good day for him. Yeah, I know, I think it's not the kind of performance he would have wanted to give with all this stuff surrounding him, and with all the, like you say, a little bit embarrassing for releasing a statement so early in the window not getting your move, flying out to an airport on deadline day, hoping you're going to get a move and then you don't get one. You are made to look a little bit silly. And he'd have wanted to put in a performance that showed that he was he was here, he was a Leicester player, and he was going to give everything to Leicester. And like you say, the effort was there. I don't think anyone could criticise his effort. You could effort. almost say he tried, was trying yeah. too hard. Yeah, and try yeah. Trying to conjure so. up that ma- bit of magic that City Yeah, made. Exactly, he was, trying to, he was trying to take on defenders, trying to make things happen. Wasn't shirking any responsibility. Was was trying his hardest. But it it was it wasn't coming off for him. He was dispossessed a few times. There was one moment though that stood out for me was when um, Marcus Alonso
1: um, robbed him and started um, racing towards City's uh, box, and Mares tracked him all the way back, won the ball back, and then set off on a, on a counter attack himself. So people were talking about Danny Tools and, and not trying, but I thought he was trying
0: a little bit too. Yeah, hard. exactly. I mean, of all the criticisms that you that you put at Mares, sometimes losing the ball and not chasing back to win it back he's guilty of sometimes just losing it shrugging and jogging back while he gets Danny Simpson to cover his mess for him he didn't do that he was tracking back and trying to win the ball I think it was just one of those afternoons for him um, against a strong side you'd hope against Huddersfield maybe at the weekend I know they've had a great start to the season so far but you'd hope that his quality against defenders of you'd say less quality than Chelsea he might be able to have a little bit more um, he might be able to produce a little bit more but I know in, in front of us in the press box there's quite a few fans who are quite vocal and some of them were getting a little bit frustrated with Ried every time Every time he got the ball and was dispossessed and lost it. They were th- giving him pelters, not being very happy with him. But it wasn't anything to do with effort, I don't think. No, exactly. Let's look at the bigger picture then because um, obviously there's only three
1: points on the, the board from a possible 12, but it certainly doesn't feel like there's any negativity around the place and there's certainly nothing like... Um, the, the atmosphere that must be around Crystal Palace, no, exactly, and, and Bournemouth to an extent at, at the moment. Uh, there's still a lot of positives to have been taken from these games.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've cast my eye over a few of the forums since since the defeat, and some of the doom and gloomers are, are, are coming out. And, and oh, starting. you'll always have them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're getting a little bit um, uh, a bit narky already, and talk of relegation battles and that kind of stuff. But now you you look at the likes of, um, of uh, Palace and look at West Ham. And there are so many teams in this division who have shown a, a lot less than Leicester. Even teams that have got more points than Leicester at this stage in the season, you'd say Leicester have shown more in that start. They've played, they've, been, they've played Arsenal away where they never win, even if they should win. They, they should ne- have got something out that they, game. Every, game well, year, well, every season they go to Arsenal and should get something out that game. deserved did. it. You score three day. away
1: from home at Arsenal, you should get something out that Man game.
0: Man United, they battle of 70 minutes against a team that looks like that. either them or Man City are going to win the league. Uh, and Chelsea at home... Wasn't much in it apart from, as we've already mentioned. So there is, there's enough there. There's enough there. Was for, that win over Brighton more of a, a barometer of where Leicester City are at? I think so because w- I know people will say, "Well, hang about, we were champions two seasons ago. Why should we now be comparing ourselves to Brighton again?" Which is a fair point, but you look at the money spent by the bigger clubs and you look at we know we know Leicester deserve to win that title, but you'd you, you look at Leicester now and you want to become. Between eighth, top half, so you're looking between eighth and tenth, maybe eighth and twelfth. as a lower barometer, and I would say looking at those teams, you you Leicester are there or thereabouts. I think Brighton were not very good, and Leicester put them away, which is what you which is what you'd expect, yeah. you, what, what you want them to do. When Huddersfield come at the weekend, if they're not as not up to it, you'd hope Leicester put them away, which you'd imagine they would do. So I think. So far, the signs are there that Leicester are going to be OK. Yeah,
1: I think, I mean, I think the performances in general haven't been too bad. They've no. been positive. As I said, we should have got something at Arsenal. They could have got something against Chelsea. It was the, those fine margins that we talked about. Yeah, that's about what i was saying. It's
0: frustrating because they, they, it, it, on one hand, it, it, they've got what they've deserved for laps of concentration. But on the other side of it, it feels that like they haven't. It feels like that they've, they've done enough and they've performed well enough to, to possibly get more. This would probably be their best test of the season so far at
1: Huddersfield. You've got a side that have come up and they're full of uh, vigour, full of excitement about the season. They've started incredibly well uh, in life in the Premier League. They're on home turf. They're going to be up for it. This will be a stern test mm. on, on Saturday for for, for Leicester City-Huddersfield. Obviously, we'll talk more about Huddersfield in the next podcast later in, in the week. But uh, that if they can go there and get a performance, put in a performance, and more crucially, get, get the points, get um, some points out of the game... Then really that'll set them up now. with The Liverpool game on the horizon. They probably would have got that really tough start, the hardest part of the the start of the season, out the way, and then they can look upwards and onwards. Especially if they can sort out the issues with Adrian Silva. By the way, there's no update on that that we understand. Silva was at the game uh, on Saturday. He was in the stand watching his side. Not allowed to train at the moment with uh, Leicester City. So his brother, who is a personal fitness trainer, is training him. But uh, Mm. um, hopefully. City can get that sorted on appeal and then common sense can reign because the lad effectively has got a formal ban from football for yeah. doing absolutely nothing wrong. Yes, yeah,
0: it's not his, not his fault, is it? It's not his fault that, that the registration wasn't sorted. And like I said in the paper today, I, I, def- I felt a bit sorry for Shakespeare yesterday because, as well as we've on um, Saturday, sorry, I mean, we've already mentioned his, the dearth of options he had, but here's a manager who stood on the touchline with a player he didn't want to sell, sat on the Chelsea bench not getting on putting his feet up, a bloke he did want to sign in silver, sat in the stands who can't play about a situation where Shakespeare, not really anything to do with him, he pinpointed the players he wanted didn't get him, and then he was the one who had to face questions about it on Friday, even though he didn't really know the ins and outs of the situation, and it's a situation that doesn't really concern him so I felt, I felt a bit sorry for Shakespeare really because it's been a, a, a week where Things out of his control have left him in a position where he's the one that ends up getting the, getting the criticism when things don't quite go right. Well, uh, hopefully there'll be some news this week on, on Silva and hopefully yeah, hope we'll so. have a
1: successful conclusion. So check back on the Mercury website and on our Facebook page throughout the week for all the news coming out of the King Power Stadium as we look forward to Huddersfield away at the weekend. And don't forget to check out beer52.com, use the tagline Leicester. We'll join you again soon.